is this your final hour as well, too, of the weekend, Josh? Because you're heading up to Kansas City, right? I'm Kansas headed up City, to here I come. Kansas. It's my grandma's 90th birthday party. That's awesome. Pretty amazing. Does she, does she listen? Have you set her up where she can listen to you dominating the airwaves every single day? No, and probably I should have done that a long time ago. I think she might have enjoyed it. So, funny side story. I miss my my grandpa. I'm getting all emotional on the show today. By the way, welcome to Seymour, Texas. We're passing the Superstop and the Dairy Queen. And I'm on Highway 82 for the next 153 miles, which it looks like will take me right into Lubbock. Let's go. Chocolate chip cookie dough blizzard sounds pretty nice. If you can pick me up one of those. The Seymour Donut Store looks interesting. Anytime you drive by a donut place and it's just, like, barren, it's like, okay. All right, what's going on in there? Let's go. Meanwhile, it's probably a front. I got walking. It's like, what's the code word? I'm like, oh, no. It's like some mafia place. Anyway, uh, I had set my grandpa up. We, I, I didn't get him a laptop, but he had bought a laptop. May he rest in peace. He was, he was my, my guy, my best friend. And him and my grandma would try to, to stream it every single day. But literally, Josh, almost every single day without fail, when I would hit the show live, uh, on Sports Radio 1430, The Buzz in Tulsa, which is now Sports Radio 1430, The Buzz. Every time the big show would hit at 2 p.m., I'd look down and my phone would be ringing, and it would be my grandpa. And what do you think he couldn't do? I can't figure out why I'm not hearing you right now. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> the Open's just started, Grandpa. Can you give it a chance to get the show going? No, you got to click this. No, you got to click that. Set her out, man. Get, get her the app. That makes it all. Just click one. I will say this. As far as sim- simplicity of use, I don't know if there is an easier app to use than ours because literally you click on the app and the station starts playing. It, it, does it in the, in the world of apps and authentication and re-authentication and entering an email and then having to verify with an email, then having to go to this website to enter in their code and then to scan this stupid barcode thing, I would say ours is up there in ease of use. Would you agree? It's perfect, isn't it? Man, you're oh. so right. With a lot of these other you know, companies or apps, it's oh. one, one loophole after another and, <laughs> you know... To not have to do that, for it to just immediately play the station, I probably take that for granted. It is so convenient. Yeah, it absolutely is. So we got Sal Palantonio coming up. I I talked to Sal last night on my Mad Dog Sports radio show, but we get into a lot of the NFL stories, uh, the trade of draft picks, what's going on in Philly, uh, little Jalen Hurts, little Baker Mayfield, eh, a little bit of Kyler. That's coming up after the break. But, you know, it's – is that a big story, Josh, what we were talking about to wrap up our number one? I mean, you think about how much we, the royal we, have spent time complaining about 11 a.m. starts and, and how much of a challenge that is. Isn't it kind of funny now to see that Alabama and Texas are going to be thrust likely right into the middle of that in one of the bigger non-conference games of the year? It's tremendous. And what does that mean for OU Texas, still 11 a.m., but just on ESPN and ABC? That's right. That's right. I would assume I would assume that would be the second pick. Now, if, if you're a Sooner fan, 
Um, I, and again, it doesn't matter where it matches up. Look on it. I, this is where, this is where it kind of does suck doing the, the show on the road. But is that Texas Alabama game on the same weekend as Oklahoma Nebraska? I don't think it is. I think the OU Nebraska game is what the third weekend of the season, and I think Texas Alabama is week number two. So. September 10th for Alabama and Texas, and OU Nebraska would be the following week. So, no, okay. they are not the same week. So, I would assume, I would assume then if, and, and, and I don't know how Fox is viewing Nebraska. I really don't. I don't know if they look at them and say, hey, there's still a draw. There's still someone that'll bring us some TV numbers. And I don't know what Ohio State or Michigan's non conference schedule looks like. What does it mean for Oklahoma if Texas and Alabama uh, are the first pick by Fox and they're an 11 a.m. kick? Yes, I think it means that Oklahoma and Texas would definitely still be an 11 a.m. kick, but it would be on ABC, ABC or ESPN. So that's number one. Number two, I'm pretty sure it would solidify Oklahoma and Nebraska as an 11 a.m. kick, too. And that's just my maybe getting the cart well in front of the horse. But, Josh, to me, that would indicate that, you know, Fox is now looking at, all right, what's the other big non-conference game? And that is two entities that they're, that they both, Big Ten and, and or, yeah, Big Ten and, and Big 12. So I, I would assume then right away that Fox would want to have that game where their big noon kick could be. But, I, I mean, they wanted it this year, right? And that's what in a lot of people's mind, might have been the, the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, it was like, hell yeah, let's go. I don't think so. I, I don't think that's the reason that Oklahoma went to the SEC. I think it's the vibrant future that's offered there. But prepare yourself because you're going to have always OU Texas, likely at 11 a.m., maybe that 2.30 slot, I would say 11 a.m. But, Josh, this would signal to me that Oklahoma-Nebraska would be an 11 a.m. kick two up in Lincoln. Yeah, probably a good chance of that. I mean, obviously, just the fact that it's not that same week gives it a good chance the following week to be an 11 a.m. kick. Man, that's going to be a fun one between those right, two. I'm, I'm, no, no, it is. It is. And, and I'm excited. I've never been to Lincoln. I've never been to a game. I, I hear great things. Obviously, I have a lot of friends that work up there now. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to, to check out what the city is all about. And obviously, it, it, it becomes – Memorial Stadium becomes the what largest city in Nebraska on game day with all the fans that are packed in. You know, they're going to be fired up to have Oklahoma back. You know, Oklahoma's going to be fired up. Where will both teams be by that point, right? Whole new offensive mindset with Mark Whipple coming in and running the show for Nebraska. Um, how will Casey Thompson do? Is he their guy or – could it be someone else that jumps in? What they got the Purdy kid that that committed? Maybe it's going to be a, a two horse race on that front. Where is Oklahoma going to be? It's just you're right. It's a fascinating moment so early in the season, and now that you have a better idea, prepare yourself. All right, this is looking like it's going to be an 11 a.m. kick. You can start putting the pieces together. <laughs> Texas Alabama 11 a.m. Do you know how hot it's going to be in Austin on September 10th at 11 a.m. Josh? Do you know what that field is going to be like at 11 a.m. on September 10th in Austin, Texas? 
<laughs> yeah, it's going to be brutal. It, Absolutely It's going to be ridiculous. You know what, though? It's going to be uh, great television at 11 a.m. All right, hey, let's hit some... <laughs> 11 a.m., Horns fans. Welcome to our world. Welcome to the world of what you see as the biggest game of the season getting slammed right at 11 a.m. Welcome to that moment where you wish you had all day to tailgate for it and, you know, you're not worried about the heat and you can enjoy yourself on a nice, cool evening taking in your team. No! No, you're going to sweat your behind off. You're going to be pushed into a time slot that stinks, and you're going to sweat. All right, real quick, Josh Helmer, anything Masters leaderboard-wise that's caught your eyes, we count down to Tiger teeing off at about 140 this afternoon. So Dustin Johnson just bogeyed. He had a long attempt for a par save, was not to be. It, I mean, just grazed the side of the cup. So had a chance to save par. He couldn't. He's now two shots off the lead. That's still Sung J.M. at the top. Cameron Smith, he's now solo second at four under par. Again, he's not teed off today. He's a part of that afternoon wave that's going to go off at 130. Danny Willett, former Masters champion, Remember the year that Jordan Spieth coughed the whole thing up? That was Danny Willett that wound up winning that year. He's three under par. Neiman is three under par. McElroy, let's see what just happened with him right here. I think he missed a birdie opportunity, though he's kind of in the neighborhood, even par. Scheffler's three under. He's uh, been one of the favorites in this thing. So a bunch of the big names going to be teeing off later this afternoon, which is supposed to be dangerous. The uh, Masters leaderboard update, by the way, it's brought to us by Blue Collar Drainage Solutions. If you notice standing water in your yard after the storms have passed, it's Blue Collar Drainage Solutions that they're the experts in French drains in Oklahoma. They'll get you uh, fixed because when it rains, it drains, my friend. Call 405-430-6828 to learn more about Blue Collar Drainage Solutions. Hey, when you say it might be a little bit dangerous this afternoon, what, are they expecting the, the course to kind of firm up a little bit? Is, are the winds picking up? Wind, yeah. It's supposed to be gusting this afternoon to ah. upwards of 25 miles per hour. So it's already, if you're watching this morning round like I am, Plank, there's not a lot of scoring been happening. And if it's supposed to get even windier than what it is right now, it could be particularly treacherous to try and attack any of these pins in the afternoon wave. There's not a ton of scoring going on already, and at least the early projections were that it was going to be more difficult this afternoon in terms of the winds. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how they handle it. By the way, I thought, oh, did you see the shank yesterday? You didn't see that, did you? You didn't see the shank shot. And it was fantastic, too, because – the the playing I don't remember who it was off the top of my head, but he's literally about maybe sixty yards out, maybe tops, and he just flat out blades it. He shanks it off to the right, and the dude kind of stands there and looks at it and gives that whole kind of fake wave as as he walks along along with it. And I guess. I guess the dude had like three club changes. It stood over the ball. In other words, it was frustrating because everyone had been waiting on it for so long. And then he goes up and he shanks it. Nightmare scenario.
But it was, again, one of the, hey, I do that. I know that shot. That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching it right now. It's Masters. McKenzie standing Hughes. right out in front of the green. and you Are you? Yeah, and, and oh, man. Is. I mean, yeah, he took Should it. Should I know who that is? No, you shouldn't. And he took it directly into the gallery, totally opposite the green. I mean, it's, whew. Bad, bad luck. All right, so I feel like we're caught up on everything. We would have the top five stories of the day there, but obviously with travel it makes it a little tough. We'll kind of do a mashup between the top five stories of the day and the news according to Josh coming up at the bottom of the hour. But when we come back, let's talk with a legend. He covers the NFL for ESPN, Sal Palantonio. Next segment right here on the Plank Show. And, man, it's just it's a great day. We're on the road to Lubbock. We're getting set for tonight. Oh, tonight's showdown between Oklahoma and Texas Tech. 5 o'clock with the first pitch. I'll be on the air with a 445 pregame show on the Sooner Radio Network. It's a Friday. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Sal Powell's next. Hour number three of the Plank Show rolls on. Josh Elmer alongside Chris Plank. Plank rolling down to Lubbock. Sooner's about to head down to West Texas and put a good old-fashioned softball beatdown on the Texas Tech Red Raiders this weekend. Hour number three of the Plank Show, as always, it's brought to us by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated for 30 years, give Josh Tucker at Roof Tech a call for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245. Plank had the chance to catch up with Sal Palantonio, and he asked him, hey, Sal, it's been a crazy start to this NFL, NFL offseason, has it not? Well, the biggest news around here is that the Eagles made that trade with yeah. the Saints. Uh, you know, there was a lot of draft picks. It changed hands between those two teams. And, you know, I, th- I thought it was a really good trade for both teams, but especially for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I never thought that they were going to select – three players in the first round, I always thought that, you know, two would be the most they would they would pick because, as Howie Roseman said, the GM of the team in Florida at the owners' meetings, you know, you can't really pick three players in the top 20 because you're going to wind up redshirting either one or two of them, and then you're wasting that rookie contract. So it didn't make any sense, and I think a lot of teams around the league knew that, and when Howie Roseman said it, Prior to the trade, he kind of telegraphed his intention. So I was really shocked that he got as much as he did and just got that three-year extension from Jeffrey Lurie to be the GM of the team. So in the next three years, you look at it, Chris, Howie Roseman's got five first-round picks, four second-round picks, four third-round picks, 13 picks in all in the first three rounds in the next three years. That's enough to, you know, totally – reshape the roster, get some young, dynamic talent in there, and there's no reason why, if Jalen Hurts plays better, that this team can't contend for the conference championship game in two years. You mentioned Jalen Hurts, and Sal Powell, obviously, I, I live in, in Oklahoma, and I, I cover the Sooners, and he's, he's been a fascinating player to follow. But he, it seems like he improves every single year. What, what is the confidence in him around the Eagles organization? It seems like the roster is pretty bought in. Front office seems to believe in him too, right? 
Well, yeah, but there are two answers to that question, Chris, because they, when Howie Roseman made the trade, he got another first-round pick in 2023, giving him two next year, two this year, two next year. And having two first-rounders next year, what does that do? Well, it gives him the flexibility at the quarterback position if he wants to use those two first-rounders to engineer another trade to get a quarterback that he might like mm-hmm. next year if Jalen Hurts doesn't play up the potential, or to trade for one. You know, they were shut out of the Russell Wilson sweepstakes and the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. They were certainly a factor last year in Watson, but Watson really didn't want to come to Philadelphia. And Wilson didn't want to come to Philadelphia, so they were kind of shut down. So you could say, yeah, they're committed to Jalen Hurts this year, but I can, I think you can also say that Jalen Hurts is sort of on the clock this year, right? He's really got to, he's really got to improve and show that he can improve as a passer specifically uh, from the pocket. And I think that he can. I think there, you are absolutely right that he does improve. He puts in the work. He's shown the ability to be a leader on and off the field, the way he carries himself, the way he carries himself as a field general. And he's shown that he's totally committed to making his game better. And I think that they have rewarded him by saying, okay, you're the guy, and we're going to try to build around you. But if that opportunity arises where things backslide this year, you know, hello, the potential to have the um, weaponry to move up, right, to have that at your disposal next year for a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young. Boy, the more that you've talked about this deal, I was very perplexed by it. Sal, I, I studied it. I was trying to figure out who really won. Well, Howie Roseman really got himself quite the haul in, in trying to reshape this roster for the future. You're right. Yeah, he, he definitely did. And you got to look. Let's widen the lens out a little mm-hmm. bit, Chris. Let's widen the lens out and look at the NFC in particular, right? So right now there are 18 teams in the NFL who have not won a playoff game in three years. 18. So it's a league of haves and have-nots. 18 teams have not won a playoff game in the last three years, according to ESPN stats and information, including all four of the teams in the NFC East. So, you know, it's really like you look at the NFC and you say, okay, well, with, you know, Rodgers and where Brady are in terms of age, who's the heir apparent? Is it Stafford? Is it somebody from the 49ers because the 49ers are packed? It's not the Seahawks. Could it be the Cowboys? Could it be the Eagles? Who's the heir apparent in the NFC? And I think Roseman's looking at the conference and saying, okay, listen, we went from four wins to making the playoffs with a rookie head coach and a first-year full-time starter at quarterback. So we're, we're close. If we can get two starters in the first round or two guys that we can plug in, maybe at a corner, defensive tackle, maybe a wide receiver, maybe we can contend for the division title this year and then next year look at perhaps getting after a position where we can be in position to play in the conference title game. I think it's got to be a three-year plan for anybody looking at the NFC because the AFC is so loaded. Sal Palace hanging out with us, Sal Palantonio, ESPN. So – I'm I'm digging the mock drafts, right? I I have issues. I probably just I probably look at too many Sal, but I notice that I'm seeing a lot of ins. I'm seeing maybe at least in some of these projections, which I'm not trying to say are going to be right. 
teams are waiting to to move on the quarterbacks at least until that sixth pick where the Panthers are. But what what is kind of your thoughts on what this draft is telling us about the overall direction right now in the NFL from a from a talent, from a personnel perspective? Well, it's something that you and I talked the day before the Super Bowl. We talked about it. You know, the last two quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl were protected. The last two quarterbacks to lose the Super Bowl were not. Joe Burrow was sacked seven times, 70 overall during the season, seven in the Super Bowl. You knock that down to four sacks or three sacks. Did the Bengals beat the Rams? They probably do. They probably do. If Andy Reid protects Patrick Mahomes against the Bucks, against Todd Bowles in that marauding defense, does Mahomes beat Tom Brady in that Super Bowl? That's a pretty good shot. AFC's loaded with young quarterback talent, and yet – in the last two Super Bowls, the pass rushes won the game because the other teams didn't protect. So that's why, and this is a very good draft for rush ends. This is a very good draft for defensive line. And so the NFL looks at this and looks at the last two Super Bowls and says, hey, if I got Aaron Donald, if I got Von Miller, if I got those guys in Tampa, I, I can beat a young quarterback because I can get after him." That's why you see Thibodeau, Hutchinson. You see guys on defense who are going to go very high in this, in this draft. Why, why you got to have cover corners like Stingley, like Gardner. You know, you're going to, Trayvon Walker is going to be a guy, to, I think. Whoever gets Walker, you know, that's going to be a, 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 like a high, maybe a tenth. Maybe the Jets get Walker at number 10. He's going to be a great pick. He's going to be a fantastic pick. And I, I think the... The Philadelphia Eagles are in the same situation where they could get a pretty good uh, – they could get Jordan Davis, his teammate out of Georgia, a defensive tackle to be the heir apparent to Fletcher Cox. You know, you got you got to get after the quarterback. That's the lesson of the last two two Super Bowls, Chris. Got him. What's it, what did Al Davis once say? The quarterback must go down and he must go down hard, <laughs> right? We're seeing that. Yeah. Hey, t- two more quick ones and I'll let you get out of here. First – what do you think of this quarterback class? Are you a fan? You know, I don't think anybody's a real fan, right? It, there's, no, there's no superstar, blue chip, gold-plated, uh, whatever adjective you want to use, franchise, quarterback, plug-in-and-play guy among this group. But I like Malik Willis. I just love the upside of Malik Willis at a Liberty. Because he can turn it loose. He's got an absolute cannon. He's got mobility. I love dual-threat quarterbacks who can throw the ball. Uh, you know, and I think the, at the ceiling is endless. It's infinity for Malik Willis with the right coaching. And uh, he certainly, you know, in listening to him talk and reading the scouting reports on him, I have not spoken to him personally, but he just looks like he's a terrific young field general. I would put him slightly ahead of Pickett. Kenny Pickett I like as well, um, but I would put him slightly ahead of Pickett because you got to have that dual threat. Why? Because of what right. we just talked about, right? you got to be able to get away from the pass rush. Sal, I wanted to pose one more before we get out. And like I brought up earlier, I've always kind of got my eye on the Oklahoma guys. They're my guys. Jalen Hurts, watching Kyler Murray. 
and now seeing Baker kind of in limbo. What what do you make of the next step for Baker Mayfield? And do you think we find out sooner or later where he lands? Because I don't know about you. It just seems like this is really dragged out for quite a while. I just don't know if there's an end in sight and who's going to blink first. Yeah, I don't know either. And uh, it, it makes me a little sad because I kind of like Baker a little mm. bit. I've, I've talked to him some. And, uh, you know, I like his moxie. His, you, know, I, you know, he was hurt last year. Yeah. I think people forget that. He played hurt a lot last year. No, you never want to make injuries as an excuse. But I, I think he'll, he'll, he's going to land on his feet. You know, I, I do believe he was not the walk-on of the year in college, not once but twice, right? Yes. He won that award. He won the Burlesworth Trophy, yep. Twice. Yep. So, so you know, I, he's going to land on his feet, and I hope he does. I hope he has a second act, def- definitely. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. By the way, Greg Cosell and Matt Bowen and I are going to have an NFL draft matchup special next Tuesday on ESPN. Oh, I'm all about that. Do they make you do a mock draft? Do you do one or no? You know, I I do one just for fun, but you know, like I don't write like do one, do one. We got (laughs) so many more qualified people at ESPN. So you know, uh, um, no. The answer to me, the answer that is, I'm 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 more of doing it so that I can do it with guys like you on the radio. I but gotcha. no. I got you. I got not, you. not like a mock. Right, right, right. Know. Just for Offic- guys. There's no official Sal Palantonio <laughs> mock draft site. Right? There's, there's, there, that does not exist, Chris. It exists on this show. Right. On the Chris Plank show. That's where it exists. <laughs> Pretty good stuff there. Chris Plank with Sal Palantonio. Thoughts on Jalen Hurts, on Baker Mayfield. I thought what he had to say about each of the two Super Bowl losers from the past two seasons, Kansas City and Cincinnati, how they failed to protect at times, and a couple of these edge rushers in this draft, think of uh, Hutchinson, you think of Thibodeau, could really be franchise changers for somebody. And then for the Bengals, who again lost in that Super Bowl, they've been linked uh, a lot of times to some interior offensive line help by a lot of these mock drafters out there. We'll get Plank's reaction to it. He'll rejoin us next, taking a timeout. Final hour of the Plank Show. It's brought to us by Rooftech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Give Josh Tucker and the crew at Rooftech. Give them a call for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245, where they guarantee the highest quality roofing, the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. Take a timeout. Chris Plank's back with us. It's the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans. Back after this. Now it feels like a normal road trip. <laughs> Welcome back into the Plank Show. Uh, I'm on the road to Lubbock, and we have entered we have entered the portion of the road trip that I like to call Josh Helmer, sell hell. Sell hell. Which means that it is dicey for not just... I thought our experiment went well for two and a half hours, right? Not too shabby. A few hiccups here and there, but it worked out okay. Oh, no, we've been good. We've been good. No, it's not something that I... I think I would go to Casey and Brian to say, boss, boss man, boss lady, I'm taking road trips every day on the show. But <laughs> Yeah, we've got it ironed out. I, I'm cool to drive whenever I want. <laughs> Listen, here's what I'm going to start doing. 
I'd really like to be home at noon, so I'm just going to start doing the final hour uh, from my car. No, it's fun for a unique situation, and I appreciate technology putting us in a position where we can do that. But, hey, what do you think of Sal Pal? That's the first time that um, we've had him on just this show. Now, again, it was an interview that I was able to knock out last night, uh, but like I said, it was just the dude's awesome. Now, there's a lot of Eagle stuff in there, and there's some draft stuff, but you know, they're giving Jalen Hurts every opportunity to be the guy, aren't they? They are. Well, first off, Sal Palantonio's awesome. Uh, keep that going. I love listening to his expertise and his thoughts on everything going on in the National Football League. He's definitely dialed into what's going on in Philly. And right. listening to him, it sounds like Sal Palantonio and those that are close to the Eagles and in that Philadelphia market, they feel like, okay, Jalen Hurts is – kind of been given the keys to the car here now which on the outside I, you know you and I we've talked about that a little bit this feels more to me like he's still in that trial run as the starting sure. quarterback I didn't catch that necessarily from Sal Powell though it sounded like he, he sounded as though he was more confident that Jalen Hurts yeah. has kind of been given the keys full full time here yeah and I I never saw it of Jalen Hurts as a guy who would be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I thought I thought of Jalen Hurts as a guy that, and gosh, anytime you start talking about mobile quarterbacks, people try to – it has nothing to do with race. I just don't think he's accurate enough or didn't think that he was accurate enough to where he could be what an NFL team wants at the quarterback position. But – with a first-year head coach in an offense that was tailored around him, they ended up making the playoffs. Now, they weren't any match for Tampa once they made the playoffs, but with two first-rounders, well, you just heard the litany of draft picks that Sal brought up that they have, they're going to be able to put some guys around him. And here's the thing. If it doesn't work out this year, if Jalen Hurts doesn't continue, because the one thing that I feel like we all agree on with Jalen Hurts, like him, love him, hate him, despise him, whichever way it is. I don't know many people that hate him. But regardless of how you feel about him as a quarterback, Josh Philadelphia has put themselves in position with two more first-round picks next year where if if a C.J. Stroud or if Bryce Young or if Spencer Rattler end up putting themselves in position where it looks like they're hands down number one, number one at elite quarterbacks, You've got the arsenal now. You've got the weaponry where you can go up and get them. So I just think it's, it's a fascinating case study with what's going on in Philadelphia. And then to add the Baker Mayfield, I mean, listen, we played the Chris Collinsworth cut yesterday, and I agree with, with Chris Collinsworth. It seems like it's just almost too natural of a fit for him to, for him to end up in Seattle. And I guess, as Sal put it, and as we've talked about, Josh, this is just a waiting game to see – is Cleveland going to be able to move him for picks? Or are they going to eventually just going to have to eat that $16 million this year and cut him? And I, I tend to think it's going to be the latter because I think everyone likes Baker Mayfield and the idea, well, outside of Cleveland, of having, and maybe Carolina, of having him on your roster. I just don't know if anyone likes him at $16 million right now. And that's the big sticking point. Yeah, what does uh, the financial situation look like for him if they cut him? There is. That's it. 
$16 million dead cap hit. Boom. And Which, and he's due what, 19? Yep. So, he's I mean, due like 19.5. So, $3.5 million savings there if you were to, if you were to cut him. Man, I don't know. I, they, they might just keep him around during the season and then try and deal him before the trade deadline. Hey, here's, here's something else to keep in mind. And that works, by the way, for Carson Palmer. Remember Carson Palmer with the Bengals that I'm done, and then lo and behold, the Raiders end up having a situation where in 2011 they thought they were pretty good. And Hugh Jackson made what he called the greatest trade of all time and traded two first-round picks in a second to go get Carson Palmer, only for the Raiders to stink. And then Carson to go to Arizona under Bruce Arians and revitalize his career. I'm not better. But that's a really good point. Maybe Cleveland, maybe Baker says, I'm going to sit out till you trade me. And they've just got to sit on it for a little bit. Or, I mean, there was, I don't know if you caught this last night, and it was a little under the radar, and we haven't talked about it today. But there was a whole new approach from Tony Busby and the I don't want to say charges because Deshaun Watson hasn't been charged with anything, so I'm, I'm trying to carefully choose my words. But it's almost as if they've they've heard all the Deshaun Watson narrative, and they're like, well, we're going to prove that that's not true. And so now they've kind of added a few different ways in which they're going about him civilly in the civil cases. And I can't help but wonder, Josh, if that might be something that ends up leading a – Cleveland to say, oh, okay, well, let's let's be a little bit more careful here about how quickly we feel like we can move on from Baker because I, I'm still – the NFL is still in the information-gathering phase of the Deshaun Watson suspension. And I'm telling you right now, I just can't fathom this guy getting anything less than six games right now. Yeah, I – I find it still very unlikely that Baker Mayfield will agree to quarterback a game Agreed. for the Agreed. Cleveland Browns, but I can certainly see Cleveland trying to keep him around instead of just cutting him and you know only getting that three and a half million dollars back basically you know in cap flexibility versus keeping him a little longer, even though he won't play for you with the uncertainty well, surrounding Deshaun Watson, with the hopes that they at least get something back at some point in terms of uh, trade value. You, do you know what hurt them more than anything else? What hurt Cleveland? Well, first of all, the decision to bring in Jacoby Brissett right away. A, that hurts them. But B, what hurt them more than anything else was how quickly New Orleans re-upped with Jameis Winston. Because if you can create any kind of concern for a team like Seattle or, you know, I know Carolina is kind of out of this mix, or even Carolina, that maybe New Orleans might be interested in them, then you can start having the conversations about draft picks and not feel like that you know, there's really only one team that's desperate for a quarterback right now. So that, that really killed him on that front. But, good stuff from Sal Palantonio. We're still on Baker Watch. Don't think anything's going to happen this weekend, but still feel like this is a situation that has to be resolved by the draft, right? It has to. All right, we'll take our final timeout. Look at this. When we come back, a little mashup of the news according to Josh and our top five stories of the day 
to take you home on a Masters Friday right here on The Rep. All right, final segment for us. Inching closer to Lubbock, Texas for tonight, or this afternoon, I guess I should say. Oklahoma-Texas Tech game. Five o'clock with the first pitch, 445 pregame show. I like Lubbock. I really do. Now, do I want to live here? Probably not. But is it a, a neat town with a couple of cool places to go check out? You bet. And uh oh, did we lose your plank? We might have lost plank to sell hell out there as he's traveling down to Lubbock, Texas, Oklahoma. And Texas Tech, of course, uh, getting set for a softball series. I can update you in the meantime on the Masters leaderboard. The Masters leaderboard, all of our updates, of course, they are brought to us by Blue Collar Drainage Solutions. It's springtime, and soon you will notice standing water around your yard and, most importantly, the foundation of your home. So call Blue Collar Drainage Solutions today. They're the experts in French drains in Oklahoma, 405-430-6828. Plank, are you back with us before I hit this Masters leaderboard update? It's wild because, it's wild because I've always been able to hear you clear as bell. That's the craziest thing about this cell service. So hit me up with the Masters update, and I'll listen along. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, here, here's your update. Sung J.M. still leading. He's four under through 11, so he's on the course now looking to head into the weekend on the back nine. Cameron Smith has not teed off. He's four under. Connors, three under. Danny Willett and Joaquin Neiman, they are also three under as well, along with that, that uh, group there. Scotty Scheffler, three under par. Dustin Johnson has fallen back off the pace a little bit. He is two under par. And let's see, Colin Morikawa starting to really play well. He's heading on to the back nine now of his second round. He's now into red figures, one under par for Colin Morikawa. And, uh, you know, everybody's kind of wondering, could this finally be the time that Rory McIlroy completes the Grand Slam? Right now, uh, not that he's out of this thing by any stretch of the imagination. He's actually made a couple of big par-saving putts, but he's – one over par through seven, Rory McIlroy is. So he's not out of it by any stretch of the imagination, but not top 20 on the leaderboard either. No, and listen, here's here's the thing that's going to be fascinating, Josh, is just to see how much these wins do affect things this afternoon, right? If, uh, if kind of the mindset is that it's going to make things a little bit tougher for guys, and listen, I understand that I'm in cell health, so I apologize. In fact, the, the, the sign that I just passed said rough road. So it not only means a rough road that's bouncing my car all over the place, but a rough road for cell connections. My bad. But if you're able to go out and put up a decent number, and by decent I mean not completely fall apart, I expect Tiger Woods to be playing into Saturday and Sunday, don't you? Listen, if he equals his score from yesterday and shoots 71 again, he's going to be top 10 on the leaderboard. And right in the hunt of this thing as we come down the final 36 holes at Augusta National. And really, that's about all you can ask for. Even par would be just fine as well. That's going to have him, you know, three shots about off the lead. You know, maybe maybe a Cameron Smith goes into red figures today. That would put him I, – I just can't see him shooting and, you know, three underscore. It just doesn't feel like this course is trending in that direction today. 
So even if he shoots one or two under and Tiger Woods shoots, let's say, even par, he's going to be four or five shots off the lead heading into the final 36. So for Tiger Woods, if we're thinking about this afternoon, it's just hold on, hold on, buddy, and head into the weekend. And we have misplaced Chris Plank once more. But uh, it's going to be fun to follow, see if Tiger Woods can hang in there. Obviously, big baseball weekend for OU as well. We'll see what happens with the Sooners and the Cowboys. Oklahoma able to take uh, that midweek game last week versus Oklahoma State. One in the midweek this week versus ORU. And we'll see. you, you got to win Big 12 series. That's uh, the big thing for Skip Johnson and his club. They nearly did that last weekend versus Texas, but obviously Sunday got away from him, and they wound up losing that game 12-8. to So it's going to be fun to follow. Toby Rowland and the crew out there covering Oklahoma baseball. That's going to do it for us. We will clear the stage here and make way for the true professionals. Steelman and Thune at noon is coming your way next. Much more Tiger Woods conversation, I'm sure, no doubt of that. Plenty of Oklahoma spring football updates coming your way as well. So keep it locked in. It's the ref, the home of Sooner fans right here. I guess I can tell you one final time. Final hour, as always, brought to us by Rooftech of Oklahoma. Thank you to Josh Tucker and the crew out at Rooftech. They've got you covered for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245, where they guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. Sorry, Plank, we lost you here in this uh, final segment. We we did so well. We, we went through three hours, and it t- took right up until the – finish line for us to have any sort of broadcasting difficulties but of course plank he's uh down there with sooner softball all weekend oklahoma and texas tech that's it for us steel man and thune at noon next right here keep it locked in it's the ref sports radio network the home of sooner fans have a great weekend everybody so long